North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in-store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supplies. See stores for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's that time. Dr. Low Radio coming into your earwaves again. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Very excited to have another show all about educating you and empowering you about options you have regarding natural medicine and how to really promote your health rather than just treating disease and symptoms. That's what it's all about. I've been doing this show for over five years now. Loving it more and more every week. We have a great topic tonight, talking all about type 1 diabetes. We've talked about diabetes on the show a few times before, but let's give those type 1ers some love. It's a little different than, uh, than, than you know, diabetes mellitus type 2. So let's talk a little bit about that tonight. We have an amazing guest on the show. I heard her recently on a webinar, and I was blown away. And one of my very best friends um, has had type 1 diabetes for a couple decades, so I was really excited to share with her some of the information that I learned uh, and uh, just figured I'd really need to share it with you guys. So very excited about the show tonight. Before I introduce my guest and a little, about, little bit about her, I'm super excited to, uh, to share with you guys about the Shine Natural Medicine Retreat coming up. It's the first week of July, July 2nd through the 9th. It's all about rest, relaxation, pampering, I mean, uh, excursions and ocean and putting your feet in the sand and, and hearing really great information about health and Reiki and nutrition and massage and all the amazing things that we're going to have. So to learn more about that, go ahead and um, you can email Shauna at shinenaturalmedicine.com. That's S-H-A-N-N-A at shinenaturalmedicine.com. We are taking um, 10 people down to Nicaragua. So she can give you more information about that, and the website will be published very shortly with more details regarding that, but we are taking names, so go ahead and email her, and I would love to see you guys down there in the tropics. So on to tonight's show. We have Dr. Jody Stanislaw on the show. She received her doctorate degree in naturopathic medicine in 2007 from Bastier University in Seattle and has also earned the title of certified diabetes educator. In addition to her extensive professional experience working with with patients with type 1 diabetes, she herself has successfully managed living with it for over 35 years. Ever since her diagnosis at the age of seven, she has wanted to be a model for and help others live a healthy and vibrant life in spite of type one. And that is exactly what she does. She has helped type ones all over the country become empowered with how to live a happy and healthy life with diabetes. She works with patients located anywhere in the world, virtually over phone or Skype. Being a type 1 for over 30 years, she's an expert of helping patients lower their A1C, which we'll learn about what that means, as well as eat healthier and be happier. She also has a formula for how to adopt healthy lifestyle habits, which all patients enrolled in her very popular lifestyle transformation program, Learn. You can sign up for a complimentary intro to to talk to Dr. Jody. You can learn more at consultwithdrjody.com slash type 1. Dr. Jody, let me get you on the air. So great to have you here. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much. I'm uh, so glad to be on. Thank you for having me. I know. Me. It's, so, it's so great. I know when you were doing your webinar, the weird thing about webinars and podcasts is you, you kind of don't know really who's listening and how you're making such a huge <laughs> impact. 
And when you were talking, I was just nodding and going, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. I'm taking notes. I'm, I'm like, typing so fast my fingers were hurting. And I was texting my, right. one of my best friends, Jenna Phillips, who's had diabetes for a couple decades now. She has an amazing story. And I was telling her, you have yeah. to do this. You have to do this. You have to listen to this. I actually recorded it and said, you have to listen to this whole thing. It's going to change your life. So it really wow, made such a huge impact great. on me. Like, really, it made such a huge impact on me, and it's going to help her so much. And I just figured I have to have all my listeners hear this. So I know that it's not as common, but I know that probably each of us probably knows someone who knows someone who has type one or, you know, I mean, it's, it's more common than, than uh, a lot of conditions we talked about. So um, really excited to get you on. So tell me a little bit about your, why you decided to go into this. Obviously you've had this experience having type one yourself, but why did you decide to go and kind of pay it forward and specialize in this and help so many people? I would love to answer that question. I, I was diagnosed when I was seven, and I actually mm-hmm. spent a week at the hospital. Nobody spends a week at the hospital anymore, unfortunately, when you get diagnosed. But uh, I spent a week at the hospital at, in Seattle at Children's Hospital. It's a really great hospital. You know, and all the walls are yeah. painted, and there's, like, doctors that come, on, come in with clown noses on, and you know, there's an art mm-hmm. classroom. And I literally had so much fun that week because at seven, you can't really grasp that you suddenly got diagnosed with chronic disease. Basically, I looked at right. my mom. She was crying. And so I started crying because mom was crying. I'm like, oh, something's bad here. But, um, you know, they said, well, you have to do, you know, one shot a day and you can't eat sugar anymore. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but I had so much fun that week that I thought this is what I want to do. And that's when the seed was planted that I want to help other people feel better. Mm. So then, of course, as many of us naturopaths do, it's, it's a very long road to really get to – decide that we want to be naturopaths, and I didn't even hear about naturopathic medical school until my late 20s, mm-hmm. and when I learned about it, I was like, okay, that's the program I want to do, because a regular medical doctor did not sound really fun, so then when I graduated from Bastyr and became a naturopath, I thought I really wasn't focused on diabetes at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't until a couple years after graduation I thought, you know, I really want to focus and my attention on, I was trying to be everything, and it felt too overwhelming to me. I don't, I don't want to be a, a an ND that is a, a general practitioner. I really commend all of the naturopaths that do that. But I thought, it, it's it just everybody's like Jody, specialize in diabetes, specialize in diabetes. And so yeah. I finally, I did my own telesummit actually October of 2013. Um, I interviewed 12, 13 different you know authors and famous people type one and to get my name known online in the online mm-hmm. world with type one. And then my business has just kind of exploded since then. Um, I took a year long um, mentorship program on how to run a business online. And it's so easy to reach type ones online because you either are a type one or you're not. It's not like you would scratch your head if you'd be a good right. fit for me because anybody with type one, I can help. Mm-hmm. So um, I run everything from my home and I talk to patients all over the country and all over the world who happen to find me online. And I really believe that I give probably some of the most unique care as a naturopath with diabetes that's accessible via phone to anybody. Um, yeah. I, I love helping people really dial in good diabetes care, which I don't think even most endocrinologists either have the time or knowledge to do. Right. Um, and so the depth of my diabetes, you know, why is your blood sugar level high now? Why is your blood sugar level low now? 
why doesn't it stay flat throughout the night? You know, why does it go high after you eat this meal? Why does it go low when you exercise? All of these things that have never been explained to me, and I've figured them out. Um, so not only do I give excellent type 1 diabetes education to my patients, but I also love to talk about nutrition and emotional health and sleep and supplements and, you know, the whole breadth of being a holistic physician. Yeah. And so I truly don't know a single person in the country offering what I offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you're obviously very passionate about it, and I love that you've experienced it firsthand. That makes what you talk about with your patients so unique because you're like, hey, I get yes. it. You know, I mean, I know a lot of the yeah. things that I treat for my patients I originally had, and that's why I, you know, they, they know that I get it because I've been there, done that. So that's right. really awesome. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to, to dive into this a bit further and shed some light onto this condition and really give people at home um, just some hope and just know that they're not alone and the things that they deal with or maybe their child deals with is really normal and it just takes some kind of getting used to and figuring it all out. And obviously we, you know, we don't have a lot of time on this, so we'll, we'll just kind of do, you know, a brief overview about it and give some nuggets for them. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if there's more that they want to dive into, they can obviously contact you and get a bit more help um, in that area. So first thing, most people don't even know there's a difference between type 1 and type 2. They don't know about a difference. In type, I mean, I, a lot of my listeners are just kind of general, pop, general public, you know. I mean, there are some medical yes. students, some doctors, but let's just start with the basics. So what's the difference between type 1 and type 2, and how are, you know, how are those two different? Well, I love answering that question, and anytime I explain my answer, everybody says, that's the cl- most clear answer I've ever heard. So I, <laughs> I love to... Um, and I love to empower my patients to answer this question, too, because a lot of my patients are just annoyed because there's so much confusion between the two. Um, yeah. So, so obviously every time we eat, we need to create insulin. And even when we don't eat, we need insulin. The body needs insulin 24 hours a day to be, to be alive. And then uh, a healthy pancreas drips a little bit of insulin into the bloodstream all day long, plus it gives a burst of insulin to cover any time you eat. And the goal of the insulin, I like to say that insulin is like a pickup truck. Insulin picks up glucose out of the blood and it drops it off in the cells. So mm-hmm. if your insulin is not working properly, the, the blood glucose, the glucose starts pulling up in the blood, which is not good. You don't want too much glucose in your blood. And the cells starve. So you absolutely need that insulin as a pickup truck. Now, every time you eat, you need insulin. So if you're going to... Over, if you overeat, overeat too much processed food, overeat too much sugar, if you're overweight, if the body isn't efficient, you can actually wear out that system. And type 2s, their system is worn out. Now, out of respect for the few type 2s that somehow freakingly, freakingly get type 2 and they didn't overeat or aren't overweight, it does sometimes happen. But the majority of type 2s have a very lifestyle-related cause of their disease And basically, their insulin production system and their insulin use system is worn out. It's just worn out. It's just wear and tear. And if you overuse something, you need to cut back uh, to to let the system heal itself. So there's all Mm -hmm. those books out there called, you know, Reversing Diabetes in 30 Days or Healing Diabetes with a Raw Vegan Diet. And that's very possible with type 2 because the system is just worn out. It's not dead. And so if you have a system that's not dead and you can take better care of it, it can heal itself. 
So now that's obviously a very there's there's many tangents I could go on. It, it's much more complicated than that, depending on you know what stage of diabetes the person is in. But in general, most of type two is caused by an overuse of the system, and if you stop overusing and let the system heal, it can heal itself. Mm-hmm. Um, however, type one, that's completely different. The only combination, the only similarity between type one and type two is that we both have a problem making enough insulin to keep our blood sugar levels in the normal range. So the type 2s can't make enough insulin because their insulin production is worn out. Now, the difference with type 1 is type 1 is an autoimmune disease. The immune system is confused and it attacks otherwise healthy cells, right? So at a young age, generally, over 75% of type 1s are diagnosed before the age of 25. I was 7. Uh, my boyfriend, who's also type 1, he was 4. Um, hmm. something causes the immune system suddenly to go awry. There's many environmental theories. I won't go into that, but there's many theories as to why the immune system suddenly starts getting confused, um, and it starts killing the cells that make insulin. They're actually being attacked and killed. So when people looked at me and said, well, Jody, just lose weight and eat less sugar, that's a very ignorant statement because my immune system was attacked and killed the amount of sugar I ate or how active I was have nothing to do with it at all. And so uh, 80% of the insulin-producing cells are killed at the time of diagnosis, and only 20% are left. And um, within 6 to 12 months, um, most type 1 diabetics have zero insulin production. It doesn't matter how little they eat. It doesn't matter how much they exercise. You can't regrow an arm after you lose it. It's gone. So then the job of a type 1 is to replace what their insulin-producing cells did with your daily focus and attention on what your blood sugar levels are doing, and you now have to be your pancreas. You have to give yourself that 24-hour background insulin to cover you 24 hours a day, which a regular pancreas does, plus give yourself fast-acting to cover your meals, and all of this work changes every single day, and it's your job to be as on top of it with what your blood sugar levels are doing and keep them in a healthy range as much as possible. It takes a lot of work, but I help patients do it um, much more successfully than standard medical docs generally do. Mm. Big difference between the two, clearly. Night and day. Yeah. They probably should be probably called something different instead of diabetes. But Yes. Yes, but yes. great to have that <laughs> distinction between the two. And I know for people listening at home, they're thinking, okay, well, at least for someone who has it, or maybe for parents who their child has it, they're thinking, you know, what could I have done differently? Is there anything? I mean, is there what are potential things that can lead to this happening? We know it's autoimmune, but anything that's that's linked to it that we know of. Yes, any child with digestive issues should be checked for celiac disease. Uh, there's a huge association with celiac disease and type one diabetes. So any child that is having stomach pains, constipation, gets cranky after they eat, um, just just visible signs of something that's not going well with digestion should definitely get checked for celiac. When children are diagnosed um, right away with celiac, um, it has shown a much lower incidence of type 1 diagnosis. Um, mm. The other thing um, parents can do if they're concerned about getting type 1 is making sure um, essential fatty acids, and vitamin D are adequate, even in a supplement, you know, omega-3s or vitamin D, 
Um, both of those being low on essential fatty acids and being low on vitamin D have both been associated with um, a higher risk of type 1. Um, mm-hmm. Breastfeeding, if you're listening to this early enough, is important. Um, and then, of course, just keeping the immune system healthy. Um, you know, 30% of type 1 diabetics have had a severe viral infection uh, within two months prior to diagnosis. Um, so how do we keep the immune system healthy? Well, we eat really healthy food. Um, taking probiotics can also be of a benefit. So, yeah, those, there's definitely, you know, most important thing is eating healthy, um, just because, not because you have to avoid sugar, but avoiding sugar helps the immune system stay healthy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then the essential fatty acids and vitamin D and probiotics. Those are the key that, that parents could do to prevent. There's actually um, antibody tests now that parents can do to actually see in it, uh, it before because, like I said, at diagnosis, 80% of my cells were gone, but they didn't die in a day. You know, that mm-hmm. immune system attack had been going on for months, and now there's actually a test to see if that attack is going on. What's, the, what's this test that can show that? Um, it's just called GAD. It's uh, um, the, let's see, what's it? Glutamic acid uh, antibodies, GAD. Mm-hmm. And what is this test showing? It's showing if there's destruction of those cells? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Cool. Yeah. I know that's, um, that's also, something that can be run through Cyrex Labs, right? That's something I, I believe is on the panels that I run for patients. Yep, yep. Cool. Yep. Um, and there's also genetic markers. Um, you know, the genetic markers, um, oh, here at GAD, glutamic acid decarboxylase mm-hmm. autoantibodies is the test um, used to help discover whether someone either has type 1 or is, um, you know, at, eventually going to get it if they don't already have it. So mm-hmm. in that case, if somebody was positive for GAD antibodies and yet didn't present with irregular blood sugar levels, that is when you would want to make sure the vitamin D, the essential fatty acids, the probiotics, and I would definitely put them on a low-carb diet because um, irregular blood sugar levels themselves also add to the destruction of insulin producing cells. Mm-hmm. So, so for what, example, what, kind of, what would that – oh, sorry, go ahead. You can finish what you're saying. I've had, I've had a newly diagnosed six-year-old – their family came to me, and I immediately put them on some beta cell protective herbs. Um, I did some food allergy testing to make sure their gut was healthy, put them on probiotics, and had them eat low carb. And the last time I talked to them, they weren't using any insulin because the 20% remaining of, you know, glucose or insulin producing cells were still functioning well enough for this child on my beta cell preservation protocol to keep him off insulin. Now, mm-hmm. people all want to call me. I've had numerous calls this week of people wanting me to cure them. Well, it, I've never heard of a type 1 being cured. I've never heard of a type 1 having complete reversal of beta cell destruction. Um, for all the people that are out there that hear, oh, they're off insulin now, Number one, they had to have insulin production, some level of insulin production going on. And number two, they probably are eating a very low-carb, you know, limited diet. So basically they're functioning without insulin, but they're not eating anything they want. They have to eat a certain diet 
to allow the little bit of insulin producing cells that they have left, um, you know, to keep their blood sugar level normal. But a full mm-hmm. reversal of somebody that had the antibody destruction and then suddenly reversed all that and went back to eating pizza, never seen it, never seen it. Mm-hmm. But you can slow it down, is my point. You can slow down the destruction of the beta cells dramatically by, by eating low-carb, by taking certain supplements and healing mm-hmm. the gut. And there's ways to lower the dosage of insulin that you may need to do, and we can talk about that in a little bit, right? So we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, you talked about the difference between type 1 and type 2, and um, let's say there's parents listening who have uh, you know, a child they may suspect who, who has type 1. What would be some things that they would look for that may be symptoms that they should get this checked out? Oh, well, the symptoms are pretty intense normally. Um, massive thirst and 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 urination are the most obvious ones. I'm thirsty all the time. I'm urinating all the time. I was wetting my bed every night. I was crying because I was so thirsty. Um, even my eyes were dry. My nose was dry. My mouth was dry. Uh, those are the most obvious ones. Um, losing weight is definitely a big one because if you don't have insulin to take the glucose and feed the cells, the cells are literally starving. You, mm-hmm. Your blood sugar might be, you know, overloaded with with calories, but they're not being they're not feed, they're not being able to reach the body. They're being peed out. You know, the kidney's just cleaning all the calories out because all that glucose in the blood can't even feed the cells. So you're going to be super hungry. You're going to eat a ton, but you're going to be losing weight um, while you're massively thirsty and peeing all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, why is the thirst or the dry mouth and all that happening? What, what's happening, you know, kind of biochemically that that's going on? Uh, because the kidney is working overtime to clean out the blood. Because the kidney is like, oh, my gosh, there's all the sugar. So the kidney is trying to take every little bit of fluid it can to clean out the blood. Mm-hmm. And so the, the patient's getting, like, peeing. they're getting spilling of glucose in the urine, right? And then the water kind of follows that. So... They end up becoming what exactly. real dehydrated, right? Very dehydrated, yeah. Okay, got it. Um, what about the connection? And, and I'm sort of like multitasking, looking at questions as you're talking. So, um, did you mention about possible milk exposure and how much dairy could be a connection to this? Um, that has definitely uh, been a theory that's been looked at. I don't know what the mm-hmm. results are, um, but you know, the it's not just dairy, but it's introducing dairy too early, mm-hmm. Com- you know, also combined potentially with the lack of breastfeeding. So Got dairy it. is a foreign, you know, is a foreign protein. It's, you know, it, when you're introducing a foreign protein into the body of a, you know, a four-month-year-old, a five-month-year-old, a six-month-year-old, a little baby, that immune mm-hmm. system is not really, that immune system is a baby immune system too, you know. So the immune system is designed to look at, you know, foreign proteins, foreign animal proteins, viruses, bacteria um, that don't belong and attack it. And the theory is if you're introducing a foreign protein too early, you know, the first food you're supposed to feed a baby is never animal protein, right? It's like fruits or vegetables or something, something that, you know, is not an animal. And the theory is that that immature immune system starts, kind of attacking the milk, and then there's something about the milk protein uh, that is similar in amino acid sequencing to part of the beta cell. So that's called a cross-reaction. When the immune system is trying to attack the milk, 
but then it starts, it looks at the beta cell and it thinks the beta cell is the milk, you know, so it's just a confused immune system. Right. Um, right. And so that cross-reaction theory is definitely one of the many theories of type 1. When do you think it's safe to introduce theory to a child? Oh, gosh, I am not educated enough to on on infancy and pediatrics. That's not my specialty at all. <laughs> well, I remember so learning that a, a child's immune system pretty much kind of fully develops around a couple years of age, you know. So uh, that's what, that would, I would recommend that, you know, wait a couple of years if, if possible, um, at least a year. But um, at least you know, like a you year, said, without yeah, like doubt. four months, something like four months or doing formula, you know, it just might be a little too early for that child's immune system. Yeah, exactly. We've got to take care of that immune system. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they. And I always thought that I've always said when when patients ask me like how long should they breastfeed? Well, most animals breastfeed for twice the gestational period. So the answer right. then would be mom should breastfeed for eighteen months. You know, mm-hmm. and so I would. I personally, if I were to have a child, I would introduce milk until after eighteen months. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That that's kind of a cool but number to shoot that's for. That's opinion. I I don't have I don't have a study to back that. That's just my opinion. Right. Right. Got it. Um, one of the things I loved about listening to your webinar is you have you know real specific uh, recommendations, and and obviously everyone listening, we're not treating you. Okay. You got to run this past your doctor. Don't take this as a treatment <laughs> to go and change what you're doing at home. So this is just more kind of informational stuff and things for you to run past your doctor. Okay. That's really important. Um, but you have some preferred forms of insulin that you like and kind of ways to do it. And, um, you know, things that you work through with your, with your patients, obviously more one-on-one, but, um, there's lots of different types of insulin. So what are the ones that you found mm-hmm. that you like, um, that maybe you've used yourself, ones that patients of yours have have used that have liked more than other types, you know? I'd love to hear that part. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, we all need a 24-hour background coverage because you need insulin 24 hours a day. And then we all need fast-acting. So fast-acting is you want it to cover your meal and then be gone. So a perfectly dosed, person with diabetes has this background insulin that if they were not to eat or take any fast acting all day, if they only took their long acting, it would keep them between, say, 80 and 110 in a perfect world. That's the goal. You go to bed around 80, 110, you wake up around 80, 110, and then you only give a fast acting dose whenever you eat. So... The old school way is a diabetic has to eat at this time and, oh, you're diabetic, don't you have to eat? Well, you only have to eat if you're feeding your insulin. If you've dosed your insulin and you're having a low and now you have to feed your insulin. But a type 1 diabetic cannot go low on their own. I mean, that's the exact opposite problem. We don't even make insulin. We can't go low. You need insulin to go low. So I teach my patients that, that you can eat whatever you want and whenever you want, if you know how to adjust your insulin appropriately and you're on a fast-acting insulin. So there's a lot of old combinations of insulin that are still out there, and it makes me sad because they just don't give you the most exact coverage that a simple long-acting and plus a fast-acting can give you. So mm-hmm. in terms of long-acting, the, the, in the past, there was nothing that didn't have a peak, which means 
it started working, but then it started working more and more and more and more, and then eventually it worked less and less and less. And if you just need a flat background coverage of insulin, kind of consistently keeping your blood sugar level flat, you don't want an insulin that works kind of hard and then a lot harder and then less hard, right? Because, of course, if right. you have an insulin that peaks, then you're going to have a low blood sugar level, right? The harder the, work, the insulin works, the more the blood sugar level drops. So you don't really want that in a 24-hour background. Now, of course, it's much more complicated of a discussion than that because everybody's 24-hour background insulin dose isn't necessarily flat, but that's a whole other story. Um, but in an ideal world, our, our long-acting need is flat, and we match that with a long-acting insulin that's flat. The two main long-acting flats on the market are Levamir and Lantus. Um, the reality is neither one of them work 24 hours, maybe 21, maybe 22, which means if you do your shot every night at 8 p.m., the reality is it will probably stop working around 5, 6, 7 p.m. the, the next day. So mm-hmm. I generally recommend I always give those two um, twice a day just to make sure that that dead spot isn't there and thus making your blood sugar level go high. Um, I personally prefer Levamir. Um, that's it's a long story. I don't need to go into either one. Good <laughs> sugar level. Um, either one, you know, the, the ideal goal for any type one is to have the best blood sugar levels possible. I frankly don't care if you're vegan or not, or you know, I want you to eat whole food, but. Having perfect blood sugar levels is, is the most important goal for anybody type 1, however you can get there. So Levamir Atlantis are have been around for at least 10 years. However, there's two new insulins on the market that are flat, long-acting. One's called Tujeho and one's called Tristiba. Um, if for some reason you don't feel like you're getting good background coverage with Levamir Atlantis, I would say try Tristiba. Tristiba is supposed to work for something like 30 hours. So it doesn't, you don't have to take it twice a day, which, okay, you have one less shot a day. If, frankly, if you're type 1, you, I mean, shots are like the easiest part of our life, um, right. which most lay, low, lay people don't understand, but it's not a big deal. Um, but Traceba is a flat insulin, and it gives better, definitely more than 24-hour coverage. So that's one to try. Um, then... The fast acting are supposed to work within 15 to 45 minutes. They peak about an hour or two, and then they're supposed to be out of your system at four hours. Well, you know, digestion happens right away. It can take a couple hours. Um, so this is, this is the bane of existence for every type 1, is trying to match your fast acting to what you're eating, right? What you eat, digest at a certain rate, and then finish digestion hopefully within an hour or two. And the perfect insulin would peak at the exact time your blood sugar level is at its peak from your food that you ate, and then the insulin would be gone when you finish digesting. But the reality is that is like trying to win the lottery every day. Um, food, Food is always digesting at different times. People don't realize that they also have to dose based on what protein and fat they're eating because most people are only taught to base it on what carbs they're eating. Um, You know, there's nothing commonplace from day to day in the world of a diabetic. It changes every day. Um, What you eat changes every day. You have to calculate your dose every day. One day you hit the dose on the mark and your perfect sugar levels stay 
you know, perfect. The next day you have what you think is a low-carb meal, and then you go high after. And it just is a lot of work. This, this Managing this condition is a lot of work. And um, I help people learn how to better dose for their meals so they're more on target than not. Right. But um, the fast acting are either Humalog or Novolog. Those are really only, there's a couple others on the market, but um, there's really no reason to use them uh, except Humalog and Novolog. And a lot of people find the two very um, similar. Um, a few patients have tried Novolog and hated it. They love Humalog or vice versa. But um, that's, you know, there's, if you look up online, you know, what insulins are out there. There's millions. There's all these mixes and NPH and fast plus slow mixed together in the same pen and regular, which doesn't peak. I mean, it's just don't overwhelm yourself with all those other insulins. Be on a good flat and a good fast. Mm -hmm. And um, now there's also insulin pumps, of course, but I don't know if you want me to go into that. Well, um, one of the things that uh, that really stood out to me in your webinar is just how important it is to have that long long acting and have the, the the fast acting and keep them separate because that way you have that control to be able to really fine tune what your level needs to be, and I think that's real important to not have them mixed. Um, you know, formula. Now, if someone listening is doing mix, it's working great, awesome. We're not saying you have to change, obviously, but it's just uh, you know it's made more sense um, you know for you, Dr. Jody, and for a lot of your patients to do it separately. Um, I know that there are pumps and there are, uh, for the injections, there there can be a pen where you have it all in one big syringe basically or you can have individual syringes. Um, do you have a preference on, on that that you found? Well, you know, there's you can give your shot at a, with a vial and a syringe. You can give your shot with a pen. Um, it, that really just comes down to personal preference. It's not going to change mm-hmm. the care, you know, at okay. all. But However, insulin can go bad, and, um, you know, they say after you open the long actings or the fast actings, you really should have like, only the bottle open for about 28 days. Well, if you're on a low-carb, you know, low-dose diet, you might have a lot of insulin left in your vial. I mean, if you only use 10, 20 units a day, at the end of the month, you're only going to use three, four, five, six hundred 600 units. Well, right. the vial, there's 1,000 units. So, Mm -hmm. um, however, so in the pens, there's only 300 units. So I prefer if people are using only around 300 units a month, you should get a pen. But personally, I don't like the little pens dose. A lot of pens don't allow you to give you a half unit. A lot of pens I find I feel like drip out insulin after you you withdraw the syringe and there's a little drop of insulin on your skin once you withdraw the syringe. Uh, I have no idea why. Because the the needle's too short, you said, right? The pen's the needle is too short? Well, you know, my syringes, the needles are really short now. So, Mm. but they don't ever seem to drip. So, I personally use syringes and I withdraw my insulin out of the pen. So, I don't use the pen needles. Um, Makes sense. But, you know, it's really just about, you know, what what you prefer, um, and also what your insurance covers. Yeah. Well, you know, you've gotten to be kind of a pro with this, but I think the real takeaway, you know, I know a lot of you guys listening don't have type 1 diabetes, but it is important to kind of know this stuff, you know, and and be able to understand people in your life who have it because there's so much just not known about this and misunderstood. So it'll really impress your friends or family who have type 1 to know this stuff. So, um, you know, it's really the takeaway is the long, the long acting, having the short, the short acting for when you need it. And, um, and, you know, you can kind of decide your preference on which type you want to do. So, 
Super helpful. I cannot Thank you for that, that enough. overview. Yeah. yeah. I, because every single patient with type 1 comes to me and says, nobody understands what I go through, not even my family or my friends. Right. Right. So it looks like we're super healthy. It looks like all we do is pull a needle out and give ourselves a shot. There is so much going on in the background of our minds. There is, am yeah. I going to go low? Am I going to go high? What time are we going to eat? Um, are we going to exercise today? Am I hormonal? Am I getting sick? Um, you know, do I have enough sugar on me? Am I going to go low? Am I going to die when I go to sleep because my sugar level is low? I mean, there's so much going on in the background of our mind. Um, every time we sit down and eat, we have to do a lot of calculations in our mind to figure out how much insulin we need to, you know, and and it's, you can't just say don't eat sugar. That's that's yeah. silly because sugar is only one of a bazillion things that raises our blood sugar level. You know, brown rice raises our blood sugar level. Bananas raise our blood sugar level. Yogurt raises our blood sugar level. You know, and people are very, it's very frustrating. People are like, oh, just don't eat sugar. And you're like, if only it was that easy. It, that, I mean, that's, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of work for a type 1. They didn't do anything to get this disease. And now they have to manage it immensely every single day. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, and it's, it's uh, nobody ever says, hey, you're doing a, such a great job, congratulations. You know, it's like this work that takes immense amount of attention and focus every day with no paycheck, with no gold medal at the end, with no acknowledgement. It's like this silent work that you have to do every day that never ends and that you'll never get acknowledged for. Yeah. So I really, you know, I, I do. I want to. I want to emphasize um, that if anybody knows anybody with type one, you should say, you know what? I just want to let you know. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I know it's a lot, and I just really want to commend you for what you do. Like if somebody mm-hmm. told me that, I almost want to cry right now. I would start crying. Right. It, it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what this is all about is having people really understand this stuff. They can, you know, <laughs> know more about this. Yeah. So it's going to reach thousands of people, so it'll be really great to have people hear this. So um, we're going to take it to the phone lines, and um, great. we have a caller from the 770. You are on Dr. Low Radio. Mm-hmm. What's your name, and what is your question? Hi, uh, this is Amber. Um, Hi, Amber. Our daughter <laughs> was diagnosed. She... Um, was just after her third birthday. Um, We're about a year into her diagnosis. And um, she has a really distended belly and some GI problems, um, fatty stools and everything. So we've been working with a pediatric GI doctor. But um, she got diagnosed with SIBO a couple months ago. And um, we did two rounds of flagell and probiotics. She did have um, an upper endoscopy um, and tested negative for celiac, but we're just having a lot of trouble and, you know, trying to figure things out. So do you have any um, experience with SIBO in small children? I have never treated SIBO in a small child, but it definitely can be correlated with a higher risk of type 1. it's wonderful that you're working with someone to treat the SIBO because um, that is a condition that definitely needs to be treated and, and can be resolved um, with the right care. And then, of course, what's left is um, really good diabetes <clears throat> education to manage the blood sugar levels. So I, 
I encourage you to work with a specialist with SIBO, and then what my specialty is is, is in really helping people get excellent blood sugar control. Okay. What, for a three-year-old, what would be your recommended target A1C, you know, without having too many lows, of course, what would be your recommendation for that? Well, we have to remember that A1C is an average of our blood sugar levels. So if we're having a lot of lows and a lot of highs, you still can have a good A1C. So my goal is that you have good numbers you know, below 200 for sure, um, most of the time. Um, that would be that would be the closest I could use. I don't like throwing out an A1C because people get too myopically focused on a good number or bad number. Um, I like to focus on good daily care and numbers in range most of the time. Um, so, you know, you, you should be able to stay in the hundreds most of the time. That makes sense. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're cool. welcome. Cool. Any, any follow-up yes. questions that you have, Amber? Um, yeah, I mean, I, we're just still trying to figure out figure things out with, with Kinley. Um, she, we were very good with her diet and have tried paleo and, and everything. Um, as far as dietary recommendations go, is there any specific diet that you would kind of you know, point us in that direction. I know we're working with the GI, but what would be your recommendations as far as SIBO and diabetes, you know, together? Well, I, I, I can't give recommendations for SIBO, again, because that is not my specialty. So what mm-hmm. I recommend to patients with diabetes mm-hmm. is basically whole food, low carb. Mm-hmm. I, I encourage people to eat real foods as much as possible, nothing from, you know, as least as possible as processed or anything like that. Um just really great whole foods and generally low carb. Um, Hopefully she can tolerate eggs. You know, eggs are a great breakfast, Um, cooked vegetables, um, nuts and nut butters and seeds, um, fish, organic chicken, um, olive oils, avocados, Mm. uh, veggie veggie with some a little bit of berry smoothies, you know, all the whole foods that, that we know are good for us. Um, in a low-carb manner are what I recommend for patients with diabetes. Um, The reason why is, of course, whole food is important for everybody, and then low-carb makes managing the blood sugar levels so much easier. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Lowe. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Awesome. Um, I know it must be just real overwhelming, I'm sure, for parents who who are just kind of thrown into this situation and didn't expect it. And um, let me ask you, Dr. Jody, do you, in your opinion, do you think that this is a condition where someone can live a long, vibrant, happy, healthy life, you know, despite obviously kind of figuring all this stuff out? Because I know for, for parents who have kids who have this, it can be real daunting and just feel like, oh my gosh, this is now our new life, you know? Absolutely. Well, first of all, let me remind parents, nobody is, Nobody expects this. Everybody's thrown yeah. into it unexpectedly. <laughs> right. Nobody's like, oh, I saw this coming. <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely. It, it's not even my opinion. It's a fact. I know mm. I know plenty of people. I mean, I've had it for 36 years. Um, I know patients that have had it even longer. I've worked with several patients that have had it for 50 years. It, and, and we must remember that, 
30, 40 years ago, we didn't have fast-acting insulin. We didn't even have blood sugar testing. We didn't have continuous glucose monitors. We didn't have insulin pumps. You know, back when I got diabetes, I was still peeing in a cup and just seeing if there was sugar in my urine. There was no way for me even to know what my blood sugar level was in this very moment and then react. So if I was 200 or 300, which are very elevated, I didn't know. I, I never yeah. knew what my number was because we didn't have testing. So mm-hmm. any, I mean, frankly, anybody that has diabetes today is that's young and that's going to get it. I mean, yeah. I can almost guarantee you're going to have a healthy, healthy, happy life if you just put a little effort into it because – the other thing around the corner is this closed loop system, and I'm just like counting the days. I might be in a in a phase two trial in the next two months, which is going to be like the most life changing moment of my life. Where, you know, there's these things that you can wear. I, I, I wear a little wire 24 hours a day that is reading my blood sugar level constantly, and I have a little receiver in my purse, and all I have to do is look at the screen on the receiver, and it gives me a 24 hour printout, 24 hour line of what my blood sugar level is doing. And I have my high alarm set at 120. So anytime I even go above 120, I instantaneously know because this thing beeps at me. Um, And so I take immediate action with either, you know, running around the block a few times, making my insulin work faster by moving my body, or I give myself a little more insulin. So I can keep myself as close to 100 as much as possible because I have this continuous glucose monitor. I didn't have that for the first 30 years of my life. You know, we'd have to poke our finger every five minutes to get that kind of data. Right. Um, and then, but, but the closed loop is you wear an insulin pump that gives you insulin 24 hours a day, and the pump talks to the continuous glucose monitor, and the glucose monitor tells the pump what to do. So the phase two trials they've done so far is literally people are wearing these devices, the pump plus the continuous glucose monitor, and they're mentally free, and their blood sugar levels are staying in the normal range all day long, and they're not thinking about what they're eating, they're not counting their carbs, they're not worrying about their lows and their highs. This closed-loop system is reading their blood sugar level, and the pump is responding. It's a dream. It's an ab- I mean, I'm so beside myself excited to wear this thing. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> but the trials so far show, because the biggest the biggest energy suck in dealing with type 1 is not the shot. It's not poking my finger. It's all of the mental energy I spend trying to figure out what is my sugar level doing now? What do I need to do? What should I eat? And then the energetic roller coaster of, I have energy now. Oh, now I'm exhausted because I'm high. Oh, I have energy now. Oh, I'm exhausted because I'm low. It's like I just want to feel good and consistent energy and consistent mood every day. That's the biggest challenge for me. And so this closed-loop system, it's literally around the corner. People are wearing it. It exists. You know, I've been promised a cure for it, it'll come out in five years. We've been hearing that for 30 years. But right. this thing actually, it exists. It's here. It will be available, no doubt, to the public within five to ten years, if not sooner. Amazing. I even wow. read something yesterday that said within two years. So any of you that just got diabetes, you're going to be on this closed loop in the next five years, and, you know, your sugar levels are going to be perfect. So mm-hmm. type 1 is soon going to be a disease of the past. Um, now, I might have to wear this thing for several, several years um, or forever because there are some cures on the horizon that wouldn't, I wouldn't have to wear this thing, but, you know, those, I won't go into those. 
but yeah, if you have diabetes now and you've had it for just a couple of years and this thing comes out, it's, yeah, don't, like, you are so lucky if you just got diabetes because around the corner is going to be this closed loop and you're going to be free. Amazing. I think the mindset around it is really huge. Dr. Jody, do you have time for one more caller? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. So caller from the 310, you're calling into Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and what is your question? Hi, my name is Jenna. Thank you for having me on the show. Good to have you. Uh, my question is, I'm curious about specific supplements that you specifically like, um, ones that you highly recommend and think that every diabetic should know about. I, I know about alpha-lipoic acid, and I, and I utilize that. And I love it. Um, but is there anything else that you really, really love and think that it's crucial that every diabetic should know about? That's a great question. And the first answer is for patients that still actually have beta cell functioning, um, if you still have beta cell functioning, there are herbs such as biogymnema and green tea and um, a vitamin called niacinamide that have been shown to protect beta cells. Now, there's a lot of debate about do they really and, you know, what are, where's the long-term data, but but looking at the biochemistry of how those three compounds work, biogymnema, green tea, and niacinamide, anybody that still has beta cell function, that's part of my beta cell pres preservation protocol. And I put people on those three things. Um, now, beyond that, of course, the thing that makes a naturopath treating diabetes unique compared to a standard doctor is we do. We think about all of these foods and supplements that actually protect against all the oxidative damage of high blood sugar levels. You know, at a regular doctor's office, you're just told, well, you know, keep your sugar levels as good as possible and hope we don't get complications. But they don't talk about the certain different nutrients that can help protect eyes, that help protect nerves, that help protect your heart, right? So given the fact that every time our blood sugar level goes high, it creates a lot of oxidative damage, the most important is high antioxidants, either through diet and or supplement. Um, obviously, fruits and vegetables, um, berries, although they're fruit, um, are a great one, um, either a fourth or a half a cup of berries and smoothies, I always recommend. Um, but there's great bioflavonoid supplements. Um, and uh, then, yes, alpha-lipoic acid, um, great antioxidant, and also has uh, data that shows it supports nerve health. And, of course, nerves are one of the key targets for um, diabetes damage. So alpha-lipoic, also benfotiamine, um, B-E-N-S-O-T-I-A-M-I-N-E. That also is a great, um, it's actually a, I think it's a, a B, a, a form of a B vitamin. I believe it's uh, B1, I'm pretty sure, right? It's B1. like a yeah. extended release yeah. B1 or something like that, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Um so benfotiamine also has been shown. Anybody with nerve damage, um, I put on benfotiamine or alpha-lipoic acid or also um, L-carnitine. That is a great one. Um, awesome. Yeah, so those cool. ones, you know, these, these overriding, um, but, you know, you can't, don't, don't forget the power of having a green smoothie every day with all of those high-dose antioxidants. Um, 
uh, berries, greens. I love always putting parsley and cilantro in there for a little detox and extra um, ginger, lemon. You know, food is medicine, and so that's really important. And, of course, fiber. Fiber is really important just for general um, blood sugar management. It definitely lowers glucose excursion after a meal. Um, And then, of course, probiotics. Um, most type ones, if they're healthy, you shouldn't have too much insulin resistance, but everybody today has some degree of insulin resistance just with toxicities. Um, but probiotics, um, definitely we've got to keep the gut healthy. So, um, uh, and then even doing a detox, you know, because the healthier the body is overall, um, the lower the damage of the high blood sugar levels are. So, um, so fiber, antioxidants, detox, um, Let's see. Actually, I'm going to pull up my list here. Obviously, fish oil is a great one. D3, um, as you know, those are kind of ones I give to everybody because the um, anti-inflammatory actions of of fish oil is important. Um, And D, vitamin D is actually needed for um, keeping insulin sensitivity high. And although we're injecting insulin, we still need to make sure it's it's working well. Right. Um, so, you know, I can kind of go on and on. You know, there's good multivitamins that have specific, like, clinical nutrients for diabetics, have specific extra ingredients like chromium or zinc and vanadium and all of those um, in it. Uh, a good multi for diabetic is a good one um, mm-hmm. because everything in a multi plus magnesium and potassium and all of those have been shown to be good. Awesome. Um, well, that's a great list for people to to go off of and and i i think no it's it's amazing and and that's the thing too is everyone's different right so it's like getting to that individuality and and i always test my micronutrients and all my patients to see if there's any deficiencies that's where you can really kind of fine-tune that but those are some great ones for them to choose from so it is crazy how yeah. fast the time has flown. It's am- it's probably one of the fastest I shows know. for me that I've seen. It's insane. I could talk to you all night, but you've been so gracious mm. with your time. And um, do you have any parting words for our listeners? And also, where can um, listeners connect with you and potentially work with you as well? Yes. So if you know that you already want to pick my brain and, and consider working with me, uh, go to consultwithdrjody.com slash type 1. And it's I'll spell it. It's consultwith. D-R-J-O-D-Y dot com slash and then type and the number one. And that will immediately let you sign up to have a free call with me. Um, They'll take you to my calendar, and then there's a set of questions that you'll want to answer, and then we'll have a call. I'll call you. Um, My website is just Dr. Jody N.D., but frankly, I I mean, I'm so busy, I haven't updated my website forever. There's a lot missing. (laughs) You and me both, girl. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I, like is that on your website? I'm like uh, I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea what's on my website. Um, um, <laughs> and then yeah. I also have group program. Um, I get all my patients on the phone twice a month, and I also have like an online like resource and connection program, so all my patients get to interact with each other. Um, that is consultwithdrjody.com/slash/group/program, um, and you can sign up directly right on that website and join the group program. Super fun. And all my private patients get bonused in the group program. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you, if you, I love working with patients. I work with patients all over the country via phone or Skype. And um, feel free to pass my name on to anybody with type 1 that you know of. Um, I'm biased. I think what I offer is incredibly unique and powerful. And I really don't think there's anybody in the country offering what I do. 
So yeah. I feel no it as a met, blessing. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> I feel it as a blessing anytime a type one finds me. And frankly, when people find me and don't use me, I think they're I don't understand why they don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. I love that confidence. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, Doc, I just want to thank you so much for your generosity and just for such a contribution you are to this world of natural medicine and having such a unique voice. It's something that's really, really needed, and I'm so grateful to have you as a resource for, for myself and for patients of mine who deal with this or you know people who have friends of friends or family or whatever. It's just it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for doing what you do, and um, you know I look forward to having you back on at some point to talk about more things about this but um really it's it's been an honor to have you so thank you have a wonderful evening and we'll talk real soon that sounds great thank you for having me it's been an honor thanks so much you you got it all right you guys okay. that is our show thank you so much for for listening and um you know, we're here pretty much every week. Sometimes I take a week off, as you guys have noticed, but do my best. Um, you can always check me out at shinenaturalmedicine.com. Definitely check out Dr. Jody as well. And if you're interested in learning more or signing up for the Nicaragua retweet, retreat, not retweet, that's Twitter, retreat, wow, that's really a tongue twister. I challenge all of you right now to say retreat five times fast. We'll see if you can do it. Um, go to shinenaturalmedicine.com and um, sign up for our email updates. We'll keep you in the loop. Or if you're sure you want to hop on it, you want more direct information, you can email Shauna. That's S-H-A-N-N-A at shinenaturalmedicine.com. We're taking 10 people and 10 people only. So um, love you guys. You're so wonderful. Keep empowering yourself. Keep learning more. And uh, we'll check you guys next week. Take care. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusions apply. See stores for details.